Good morning, everybody. Just after 10 o'clock on this Tuesday morning and some great news for CFL fans you may have heard in the news. This is exciting. Mark your calendars in our province. The Labor Day Classic is back. Calgary Stampede is playing host to the Edmonton Elks at McMahon Stadium on September 6th. That's the doubleheader. So you'll have Hamilton, Toronto, followed by the Stamps and the Elks on Monday, September 6th at McMahon. And then the traditional rematch will follow the next weekend up in Edmonton as well. So there you go. Things are getting back to normal and uh, the CFL announcing their schedule today. The Labor Day Classic is back for 2021. Some great news there. Um Another news story that we're keeping an eye on this morning. The police have now laid terrorism charges in connection with the deadly hit-and-run in London, Ontario, about 10 days ago now, 11 days ago now. Uh, The 20-year-old accused allegedly drove his truck up onto the sidewalk and ran down five people, killing four of them, and he did it because they were Muslim. It has put a spotlight on hate crimes in our country once again. Uh, Police forces, governments promising to come up with ways to stem the growing tide of hate crimes in Canada, including here in Alberta. We saw some announcements from the provincial government last week to try and get a handle on this situation. Uh, Javid Sakara is chair of the London Police Services Board and an associate professor of psychiatry and pediatrics at Western University, and he joins us now. Doctor, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. You know, this tragedy in London, of course, has shocked uh, a lot of Canadians um, and really jarred them and, and put a national spotlight on this situation. But in reality, hate crimes have been steadily criming in our nation for, for some time now, right? Yes, they have. And so for many for many of us, myself included, as you know, someone who's uh, visibly Muslim and knew this family personally, this is not necessarily shocking. There is a vile thread and strain of hatred in our communities. And I think we've looked away too long, and and we just have to recognize that we can't do that anymore. The different levels that we've looked away, I mean, there's we can talk about community, we can talk about politicians, but you focused uh, in an opinion piece recently on the justice system in Canada and how we really haven't done enough in that area to to put put a lid on this, to try and get a handle on the hate crime situation in Canada. That's correct. I think there's very many facets of that, but for people to know that it starts with reporting. Um, Many people are afraid to report. Um, They're mistrustful. And so that's one aspect of it, that this goes underreported. It also includes response. Um, If someone, you know, is told, well, that's not serious or that's not bad enough, that can actually be traumatizing and re-traumatizing. And then the third is really about our justice system and how we have to ensure that people who um, not only engage in, in hate crimes, but people who uh, contribute to hate in our community and do horrible things are held accountable for that. So let's go through those one by one. Reporting, um, we know that a lot of these crimes don't even go reported. What are we doing wrong when it comes to reporting of hate crimes in Canada? So I think there's two things. The first is it's pretty complicated. People don't really know whether what they're experiencing is considered hate or not. They don't know if it's a hate crime or not. There's lots of people that endure very traumatizing threats that do meet the the criteria of of a hate crime, but don't bring it to someone's attention because they're so afraid. Uh, And that's because the very nature of the act is to make them even more afraid. So we need education, but we also need trauma-informed reporting mechanisms. You know, if someone, you know, Uh, I have a very scared family. I have a very scared community. 
if someone tries to swerve a car into someone in our community, they need to know that if they're reporting it, that it's going to be handled in a way that their reality isn't going to be invalidated and that um, their experiences are understood in a trauma-informed way. I know London police here are doing an excellent job of trying to improve their trauma-informed training. So that's another part of it. And then, as you said, sort of the threshold, sort of coming, you know, when you do report a crime like this and you bring it to the police, and then there's that threshold that has to be met where you're told, eh, this isn't really bad enough. You know, and, and that that's another issue that we have to face. Well, I think that's that's something that's up to us to face, right? Like, we shouldn't be imposing that on people who are scared and terrified. There's a lot of reassurance that comes from validation of someone's experience, even if it may or may not meet a legal or procedural threshold. I'm, I'm a practicing psychiatrist, right? And we know that my job is, is to provide that kind of reassurance. I think being trauma-informed, being trauma-sensitive helps validate those experiences and decrease the kind of trauma that communities experience when they're, they have to go through threats of intimidation and harassment. And what about, you know, just the fact we hardly ever see these charges laid. It's very, very rare. Um, you know, and sentencing uh, is another issue around this. So, I mean, in terms of the laws themselves, um, we don't use them very much, so they don't really seem, I mean, laws are seen to be deterrents, right? And if you don't use them, how much of a deterrent can they really be? I think I would agree with you. Now, the caution here is I'm not at all able to comment anything about this specific incident. Um, so I, it's a criminal investigation. I can't say anything about anything mm-hmm. that happened sure. specific to this. But in general, I would say absolutely that when we see people get away with things in our justice system that are designed to terrorize communities, that's not okay. And I think we need to send a clear message to anybody uh, who's even close to thinking about this that we will not uh, even honor or name them. But um, but also that we have to look at the system throughout the continuum, because this is a continuum of hate. You know, at one end is the vile act that, that we're mourning, but the other continuum are the conversations we have amongst ourselves, the narratives that we perpetuate, whether we're politicians or leaders or community faith leaders. It's in, in our homes and in our communities. It's in sure. the mirror. So we have to work at that as well. So, so doctor, I mean, it, there, there's no on-off switch here. It's not an easy solution to this, of course. But where do we start, uh, you know, in terms of what we do within our communities and what we do within law enforcement? Where do we start? Well, I think we have to start by looking in the mirror at ourselves. We in Canada have a culture of denialism and avoidance. We try to imagine ourselves as a multicultural utopia that's different from those south of the border. The reality is a family I know children who played with my children were murdered this this past week. And the reality is I've had to have that conversation with my kids. And the reality is that they were us. And there are so many fellow Canadians who are afraid to go for a walk right now. So we can't look away. We can't continue. The cost of our silence is too great. We have to look at the narratives. How do we talk about each other? How do we demonize people who are different versus how do we engage with one another? How do we talk to one another? How do we forget party and politics to recognize that this, these are human lives? These are Canadian lives that deserve to live without fear. And on the law enforcement side, I mean, as you said, London police, well, they have laid terrorism charges, but, um, you know, there are some issues there too. And, you know, as you said, with the trauma-based, you know, reporting and things like that, we've got some work there. Absolutely. I think, you know, I'm, I'm not in police operations, but I'm 
working in a police services board, and we work in bridging that relationship between the community and the police. And it's one where we have to work together. There's a lot of division and divisiveness mm-hmm. and finger pointing. You know, I, I think someone said at one of our meetings this morning, you can either make noise or you can get things done. And I think we need to start focusing on constructive ways to get things done. Doctor, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for having me. That, that is Dr. Javid Sakara, who is the chair of the London Police Services Board and an associate professor of psychiatry and pediatrics at Western University. And uh, I appreciate the message. You know, get aside the us versus them, right? That's what we keep talking about here. Um, and uh, the other thing that we do, we, he's right, we do so much talking in this country on so many issues. You know, we, we apologize, we promise to do better, we re- realize the error of our ways, you know, and I'm talking primarily about government here. Um, but when it comes to walking the walk, that's where it seems to fall apart. You know, we, we do a lot of the talking of the talk. Oh, yeah, we say all the right things, but... You know, you just take a look at the Truth and Reconciliation Report. We've been talking about it for years. How much has really been done? Not much. Not much. So we need to do a better job. We can say the right things and, and you know, and recognize what needs to be done, but we need to actually have action in doing it. 780-496-0063-403-974-8255. A lot of comments on the text line about Tim Upple and uh, his statement of regret for his involvement with Stephen Harper's government and their decision on the niqab ban during the oath of citizenship, as well as, you know, the cultural and barbaric practices, snitch line, and some of the other things that happened around that time. Uh, If you want to weigh in on that, if you want to talk about the situation with uh, London and, you know, what we do with hate crimes, we did see terrorism charges laid in this case, but it's very rare. It's very, very rare in this country that we see those kind of charges laid. We can chat about that or whatever else is on your mind when we come back right after this.